When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that celebrates the Shakespeare characters that would make a quick comment only to the audience about not preferring anal sex. And if you don't know, that is the definition of a side. <laughs> Exit chased by bear. I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> uh, I'm Kyle the Bard Gets. <laughs> and we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, we're going to talk about queer... Joy. We're going to talk about queer joy bubbling up inside you like like a frothy sperm. (laughs) (laughs) You know when someone comes in your mouth and then you keep it in your mouth, but like you start to go to spit it into someone else's mouth and it's kind of bubbly. That's the joy we're (laughs) talking. Yeah, kind of joy we're talking. (laughs) Great. Oh man. Uh, But first, (sighs) but first. Um, we have a hundred words. We have a hundred words. Yeah. So at the $15 a month level, you can send me a hundred words and I'll read them. It is not a, it, I want this to be utilized more, Kyle. Mm-hmm, That's the mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't worry if you've already done it before you could do it again. It's the gift that keeps on giving. We'll manage it if it ends up being too much. Yeah. Anyway. Like, like sperm that repeats on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just keep bubbling y'all. Just keep um, bubbling. <laughs> Uh, this is a hundred words, so yeah, doesn't matter what's on the page. If it's a, a hundred words, I'll read it, and I likely won't even count the words to make sure it's a hundred. And I'll probably read the parts around the words too, which Kyle loves. Um, this is from Master Mello on Patreon, one of our new patrons that we're going to. Spoiler fuck. alert! One of the yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. Here we go. What's up, Mike, Kyle, and fucking Dan? <laughs> I'm Mello, an 18-year-old pansexual male with he-him pronouns. I just recently got into the Gayish podcast, and I absolutely adore it. As someone who very heavily suffers from depression, you guys are tear-jerkingly relatable and hilarious. Aside from the mushy stuff, I love when Mike calls right-wing aligning people dickbags, and will love when I get to hear him say this. Thank you, and be bitchy, be facetious, be unapologetically hilarious. Aww. 18 is that are you allowed to listen to our podcast <laughs> sure sure I it, yeah i mean if if you can give us money you can listen <laughs> <laughs> that's the law right sure uh thank you that's very kind of you yes thank you that's that that is indeed very very kind uh if you if, if you qualify you get your hundred words in y'all gayish podcast at gmail.com yeah and now here's the news you can't you can't lead us into the news with a question. Got to yeah. got to take control, Daddy Mike. All right. It's the fucking news. <laughs> listen up, y'all. It's the fucking news. Like, listen up, queer burgers. <laughs> God, we just had this discussion about how it's upsetting for people to be called queers. Can you imagine if I just called everyone like queers in the derogatory way from now on? That'd be I, so mean. Now I'm thinking about what the ingredients might be for a queer burger. Oh, <laughs> some frothy sperm for sure. That's the, that's the mayo. Like a sperm aioli kind of a thing. <laughs> sperm aioli. 
<laughs> I don't know what. Okay, you, why don't we do the news? <laughs> okay, great. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. News the first. We have to bring it way down now. Oh my god! So I'm okay. so sorry. Okay, yeah. bring it way down. <clears throat> so there has been a tragedy in Oslo, the capital of Norway. Uh, there was a mass shooting in front of an LGBTQ bar in Oslo. And um, just hours before the Pride Parade that was supposed to be scheduled for today. This is wow. uh, today's June the 25th. So a 42-year-old Norwegian citizen from Iran opened fire at three locations in Oslo's nightlife district in the early hours of Saturday the 25th of June. Two were killed and at least 10 seriously wounded in an incident that is being investigated as an act of terrorism. Norway's police security service raised its terror alert from moderate to extraordinary, which is the highest level after the attack. The suspect is believed to be a radicalized Islamist who is suffering from mental health problems. And the motive is unclear, but Oslo Pride canceled their parade, which was scheduled for noon today, as one of the shootings took place outside the London pub, one of the city's largest LGBTQ venues. Although Oslo Pride was canceled, uh, a fuck ton of people showed up and had pride anyway in mm. a sign of solidarity and bravery and, and community. There were countless pride flags and flower bouquets that were left outside the London pub for a makeshift memorial. And uh, that that community is, of course, hurting, but uh, determined to be visible and show pride anyway. I can't. Wow. Oslo and, and Norway, like that's. I can't imagine that's, um, yeah, that's horrible. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. And also to think that like, we, I think we have been so desensitized to gun violence in the United States. We sort of assume that this is the only place where something like that can happen. And there are, there are other places in the world where, um, it's, it's, possible but i think it's even more shocking in those places because they're not acculturated to deal with this kind of thing happening all the time so yeah i i can't imagine like that is uh, you know for me one of those fears that is just sitting in the back of my head now i mean daily not but also being at any kind of pride event and and to have that that happen on the morning of of your pride i can't that's i can't even imagine that yeah, that's yeah. That, that's intense. Um, and like so amazing, the people that showed up anyway. Because I, I was like, oh god, would you cancel? Like, okay, safety. So, someone is clearly attacking this group. So, who knows if there's more planned or you know uh, to keep people safe? Canceling it, it makes sense. And then there are people that are like, fuck that. I'm not going to. It's understandable if you don't. But for those that, that's yeah. You meant you said like brave. Like that is so brave to then walk out and be like. I will still have pride and I will still show people that you can't, you can't stop us. That's yep. amazing. The people that did that. Yep. Absolutely. The mayor of Oslo, Raymond Johansson called uh, it gruesome and horrific quote today. We were going to celebrate love with a huge party and the pride parade through the streets of Oslo. Now grief is overshadowing everything, but we will stand together today, tomorrow and all the days after for the right to love whomever you want. Um, as the investigation continues, if we get any more information, I'll be sure to like, I'll probably forget, but I'll try to remember to let you know. <laughs> um, news the second, y'all, is about Roe versus Wade. And we just had a big, long conversation about it. 
so much so that we, we decided that it should be a shrinkage. So look for that in your feed. Yeah, it's not out of not wanting to talk about it on this episode. It's just that you inform me about a lot of really useful things that I didn't know and 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 very useful and impactful right now. But Roe v. Wade fucking sucks. They're they are coming after us, but they already they already came for us. They they are already coming after our community. That that has already happened. So yeah, especially when we would much rather be come on, come on, not after. Yeah, Wait. exactly. Yep. Hold on. There's something there, and I don't, I don't think we're there. I don't think we're at something great, but I think we're on the on the precipice of greatness. Um, we're on the edge of glory, as some may say. Okay. Yep. News the last. Yeah. This is my favorite news story of the week, and it's uh, it's it's happy. It's Ooh. happy. It's happier. If you don't give me a good third news story, especially this week, Mike. I know. I know. Vivian Jenna Wilson has filed in Los Angeles County Court. That, that is her name. She wants to be recognized as female and that she, quote, no longer lives with or wishes to be related to my biological <laughs> father in any way, shape or form. Uh, Vivian, I will not dead name her and her name until she made this filing. Her last name was Musk, as in Elon Musk. Uh, she is his 18 year old transgender daughter. I just fucking love again the reason for the name change is listed on the form as <laughs> quote gender identity and the fact that i no longer live with or wish to be related to my biological father in any way shape or form mic drop girl my yeah. dad is a dick bag and i want nothing to do with him fantastic yeah yeah uh, yeah i fucking love this when you to try to tell a person's character you look at the people around them and especially their family and if your family's like i know get me the fuck out of here like buy all the twitter you want like you can't come back from this i know that there are a lot of elon musk fans out there and elon musk apologists and you need to listen to the trans community y'all like he is absolutely fucking awful when it comes to trans issues and trans people i have your back fuck that guy yeah fuck him <laughs> that's the news that's the news well i want to celebrate the following people that are members of our patreon uh celebrate um yeah we need to boy we need to bring it up from here because we're about to talk about try to talk about <laughs> happiness we'll see how, we don't we're not great at okay um uh, master mellow as you just heard i don't know if this is important there's a little squiggly after the word mellow so you know that was not covered in uh, who knows um if that's important to you uh sean with a w sean and sean sean <laughs> as he prefers or and r venkat <sighs> Oh man. Okay, this is not you, it's me, R, but here we okay. R Venkat Kalyana Sundar Sundaram. R Venkat Kalyana Sundaram. Sure. Okay, no, your hundred words is supposed to be in an email, <laughs> not in your profile not name. <laughs> uh sorry, R. Welcome. We're happy to have you. If you could have just sent R, that would have really been helpful. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for joining. <laughs> we really appreciate you. If you want to get bonus content episodes, episodes a day early, uh, I don't know, a bunch of a hundred words, go take a look at patreon.com slash gauge podcast for all the, the levels. Um at our five dollar plus level, that's where you get bonus audio content, including weekly segments, and every month we release a full episode we just recently uh, released our episode about queer core so following in the theme of queer 
for this month. That was the second most voted on a topic that we didn't do when we did vote our listener vote. And I really liked that topic and that conversation. So yeah. I, I think there's some really interesting things that go along with this theme, but add a new, I had not, they did not know much about queer core or zines or the importance of the community. And I found some queer core songs that I like and I talk about them there. So uh, yeah, join and check it out and, and download and listen to more of us. If you want that for yourself, do it. Why are we talking about queer joy? I don't know. Okay. Good episode. <laughs> um, I, I think I looked back at our episodes about queer topics and I think I, I personally learned a lot about, history about the word queer itself about uh, understanding learning growing all that good shit but also it's like that anytime you look at our we talk about historical things a lot of times it's heavy and oh yeah 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 and, and hard and difficult and so i i don't know i think this was a couple we were thinking about a couple different topics but this is a happy uplifting hopefully one i mean as much i think as much as we're capable of but <laughs> uh, but, uh, but i think it's worth talking about good things celebrating good things and i think as we go through this we'll illuminate why that is and and well and all, all of our topics this month like we, we did queer topics for june because it's pride month and you know pride pride is also fun like it's, yeah. it's, it's okay for there to be happy happy celebrate yeah. celebratory you know energy to pride so yeah. like we're doing this swing back where people are reminding us that it's a protest and activism is a part of it and trying to make a change but that doesn't uh, but part of that is is <laughs> reminding is not just it has to be serious and we have to solemnly it's yeah it's supposed to be full of joy and happiness and love and caring and parties and if you drink drinking and uh, fucking and like it's supposed to be full of lots of joy yeah boy that's... i'm gonna get my joy filled tonight <laughs> <laughs> are you <laughs> No, I don't know. Maybe. I, know. I kind of, I have like a kind of date, like kind of pseudo sex date tonight. Ooh. That's not what, well, I mean, this top, this is kind of on topic if we're talking about uh, queer joy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh, oh, sorry. One thing I wanted to mention is you talked about, like, especially in the news, like we're talking about, I think it's okay to talk about heavy topics and it's okay to be serious queer joy is not ignoring that serious things happen i think it is joy in the face of all the difficulty and, and seriousness so i think it's okay to recognize the difficult stuff and try to how do you find joy within that yeah well i've, I've been i've been a little worried about it right because there's there's that whole thing that being able to turn it off is is a is a is a privilege mm -hmm. right yeah like like the roe v wade thing i can kind of detach it myself from it all because i don't have a uterus right yeah. like yeah. and being able to do that is is a privilege but then like balance that also though with a very real sometimes self-care sometimes mental health means choosing to unplug from the shitty horrible awfulness of the world and tap instead into something happy something joyful something celebratory and I, I I struggle with the whole thing, but I, I think it's okay. I think I think when you if you use the privilege that you have and I have of this doesn't directly affect me and my personal body, if I'm going to utilize my privilege and unplug and do something else for myself for self care, I think that's a totally fair good use. If I'm using my privilege to make it harder for other people or or dismiss other people's concerns or not be there for other people that's different but to mm -hmm. be able to say i'm not going to think about this for a little bit because that's 
a privilege that I have in this moment because I just need myself to be happy and okay. I think you're absolutely out to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to, I mean, I, I'm going to talk to you about the history of queer joy, Kyle. <laughs> okay, uh, it started with the Greeks in the bathhouses. We already it, talked about this. <laughs> yeah, it started with the ancient Egyptians and those those, those, those bitches p- with their cats. God, yeah. they were like, <laughs> we're gay, so obviously we have cats, and that makes me very happy. Yep, uh, and, and you know there was mascara everywhere. It was it was it was lots of gold, gold <laughs> was... and jewelry and shirtless dudes. Like God, that's the most. Go- and no one could amount to that queer joy ever again. And any, it was all ostentatious. And God, yeah, queer joy was born that day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. But okay, so obviously being being silly about about that, I did I did look at the Google Trends um, <gasps> data. Fuck you! I looked at the Google Trends data. Then okay, you can you, talk. Then you can talk about. It. If you put quotes around the ter- search term "queer joy," there's one little spike on uh, April 2010. What happened there? Why were we happy? I'm not sure. But starting 2016 is the other than that month. Starting 2016 is the first time you see anything, and it spiked in June 2019. Uh, probably from pride 74 out of 100 they just do a kind of general comparison like to it itself um june 2020 there was no spike during pride which is like we uh, june 2020 we were not happy so that boy howdy um there's a little spike november 2021 47 out of 100 which i presume was around national coming out day and it is estimated june 2022 at least currently where we are we sit right now we sit on that month right now and it is projected to be 100 out of 100 so this is Woo. expected to be the peak of queer joy <laughs> yeah yeah well we all came out of lockdown and we were like this this new term and let's do find it and but when we were when we were talking about this episode you sort of pitched the idea and i was wondering if like is queer joy is it like capital q capital j is that a thing that i need to know about like a phenomenon that you were that you were describing but but uh, what, what you were tapping into is this phrase being used like a in the zeitgeist it's it's not like you know there's not a band called queer joy or something right (laughs) there's gotta be a band called queer joy somewhere yeah but it's just like your wacky aunt joy who's like a little weird and she was like well i'm queer joy and she called her band that oh god okay well um (laughs) it there is like a I, i just seen that phrase and trans joy and other but queer joy i've just seen that popping up over the last year or two more than I've ever seen it before. Well, I want to I want to calibrate a little bit on the word joy. And what? Sure. Okay, you're making that face. Because uh, well, okay, how yeah. Tell me what the word joy means, Mike. Well, C.S. Lewis, like of Chronicles of Narnia fame, loved wardrobes. They made him very happy. No, uh, so <laughs> but that's but, where the lion is <laughs> he, he he wrote about a lot of stuff and he said that there was a clear distinction to be made between joy pleasure and happiness <laughs> and there's a there's a great quote on the wikipedia page for joy quote i sometimes wonder whether all pleasures are not substitutes for joy i call it joy which is here a technical term and must be sharply distinguished both from happiness and pleasure joy in my sense, has indeed one characteristic and one only in common with them. The fact that anyone who has experienced it will want it again. 
I doubt whether anyone who has tasted it would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. But then joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. Hmm. The idea that joy is not just like, oh, I think that's funny, I'm happy now, or or like a sexual pleasure, like the moment of orgasm, those things are, 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 are fun and pleasurable, but they're not joy. That joy implies like more of an existential or a, like a long lasting kind of a emotion. And I just, I, I, I mm. does that, does that jibe with like your working definition for the episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, great. My, well, <laughs> my distinction is, that I, I think more about is the distinction between like pride and joy. Like, why do we need two separate things? Pride, I think, has been the, you know, especially after Stonewall and after the first couple of years where we started calling it pride, there was let's counteract the shame with pride. Let's do the direct opposite. And that's been very useful and important. Obviously, that's a very valuable thing. So it, I think the addition of the word joy, what that changes is it's not just about I am proud of who I am. I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to reject your rejection of me or, or I'm going to, you know, be, I accept who I am. There is, I want to experience joy. I want to be happy. I want to, it, it's not just, it's not just acceptance. It's your life deserves to be full of joy and fulfilling. And I think that's a, a, a next step and a, a new evolution and, a, a new conversation at least that i've seen more and more often and and i like that distinction as separately necessary from the concept and the feeling of pride yeah for sure okay great that's awesome i'm, I'm glad we're on we're on the same ish page so like i, I think about the, the mattachine society and some of the early demonstrations for for the gay rights movement and their adoption of the phrase gay is good mm. and i feel like queer joy is actually not just accepting that i'm queer but loving that i'm queer yeah and being being fulfilled by the fact that i'm queer and um i I, don't know, I just i keep seeing that sign in my head gay is good and like queer joy is believing it i love that yeah there yeah there are probably lots of different ways we talked about this in the past so even if the phrase is new like the idea that you deserve to be happy and 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 not just accept it is is not new but and, so and I, I agree with with you that it is like there's something deeper than just an, a moment of pleasure or a laughter in a at a joke or a immediate response. There's a, a deeper and more like fulfilling part of it that it, and a queer like queer joy is like can come from a queer thing, but not necessarily. It is a queer person experiencing a feeling of joy. Yep. So I was looking for some examples of people defining queer joy Ooh. and first medium.com has a base called matthew's place and it's it's the matthew shepherd foundation and, and um but in like blog form <laughs> but they have this really great uh piece uh by sassafras lowry called finding and centering queer joy and i'm, I'm going to come back to it after we talk about a few like definitions or whatever but they say, quote, for me, finding queer joy is about finding ways to have your inner pride parade every day. It's <laughs> about finding ways to celebrate your identity and uniqueness and that of our entire community. It's so easy to internalize the negative messages that we might hear on the news or the stereotypes we might see in mainstream media about who LGBTQ plus people are, or just as harmfully, the absence of representation. 
To combat feeling invisible or marginalized, I like to find moments to always center the joyful, fun, creative, and empowering things I know exist about being LGBTQ plus and the LGBTQ plus community as a whole. Hmm. And I, I think that's uh, the inner pride parade every day, I think is, <laughs> is really, really uh, awesome. Yeah. Have you, uh, it has been a recent development for me over the course of this podcast, I think that I've found ways to not just accept that I'm gay, but the things that I think that I am happy about being gay, that I think it has added good, positive things to my life. Have you, do you, do you feel that? Can you feel that? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it ends up coming down to the question, would you change it if you could? Like if there were a magic mm -hmm, pill that mm -hmm. you could take, that would make you straight. And I, I think when we started the show five years ago, I was like on the fence, like maybe yeah. sometimes, but probably not i don't know and at some point along the way it became absolutely not same for sure not i'm th this is this is fantastic wouldn't change it yeah same same and i so just yeah for everyone out there if you're not in that spot yet if you are still in that spot where you're like i would absolutely change this if i could i get you i i've, I've been there and there's some days where i feel that but i'm the same way i would not i would not change it if i could now yep uh, so oh, yeah. I found I found another uh, definition. Um, Mary Vermillion, who uh, is is a uh, a non-binary, among other things, literature teacher. But they just in 2021 on on their blog had a an article called "My Queer Joy," and in it says, uh, "What is queer joy?" And it's it's a little long, and I'm sorry, but I think it's it's fucking fantastic. And then we can move on. At its most basic, it's the joy I feel because I'm queer. It stems from my perspective and experience as a queer woman. Excuse my binary thinking, and pardon me for stating the obvious, but I believe that queer joy is a type of joy that straight folks tend not to feel, or at least not as intensely as queer folks. Take the joy of seeing pride flags in my neighborhood. Of course, these flags bring straight allies joy. Hey, they may think, it's great to live in a cool progressive neighborhood. But me, I'm also thinking, it's wonderful to have people like me, or people who support and celebrate me, in my own neighborhood. Depending on my mood, I may remember growing up in a neighborhood in town with no rainbow flags, no out queer folk. A small Iowa town in the 70s and 80s, I may remember feeling lost, confused, and alone. When I really let myself feel the difference between then and now, and when I see that pride flag flying, I almost feel like I'm flying. Hmm. And then I, I remember the ecstasy I took <laughs> and think, no, no, it's the drugs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ruining this beautiful moment. Gayish. No, okay, it, keep going. <laughs> you know, that, that's it. That's, okay, the, okay, that, okay. that's the thing. I, but but a, a, a feeling of lightness and a feeling of flying because uh, you, you're in a space where you feel supported and seen. I, I, thought, I thought that was a great working definition for, for queer joy. I actually wanted to something I wanted to bring up is related. Let me read now my thing. Um, something sure. I read on the Oxfam website that talked about queer joy, which was interesting. I was like, why do you care? I, I don't know. That's every, but everyone can care. Um, they said, quote, queer joy is an idea everyone can get, even if you're not an LGBTQIA plus person, which that alone, I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah. You may have experienced queer joy when seeing your same-sex friends celebrate an anniversary, your company hiring an amazing transgender colleague, or eating a cake at a same-sex wedding. So hmm. well, at first I was like, allies, we don't we don't need to make y'all feel better. Like this is about us. But I think I think what is useful is, and I think what um that that quote you just talked about was I think straight people or allies can get a taste of it 
and there's a you know maybe a momentary feeling like i'm so happy at this you know wedding or i see a pride flag like they mentioned and maybe it's temporary maybe it's a little bit selfish because you're like oh my 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 neighborhood's cool that's cool i'm i'm cool and hip so you know but that's fine joey can be selfish but so you can experience little tastes of it and imagine feeling that it's not just a little taste for us it is deep into our bones when we feel that because it is about us and acceptance and and getting some kind of something that we've never gotten for so much of our lives like to to feel that thing deeply and personally and sustained is is it's 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 unique experience that allies can't know what it feels like yeah for sure i agree absolutely deep in your bones and deep in your guts okay mm. so uh <laughs> This going going back to Matthew's place in this finding and centering queer joy, um, they have four tips for finding your queer joy. Number one, and and by the way, this was during COVID nineteen. So uh, uh, number it's one, it's interesting that the I've seen the same thing where the timing of the conversations around queer joy. I think it's been a lot in the past two years. I think that's overlapped a lot with COVID. So it's interesting. A lot of the articles I've also seen were both queer joy and COVID related, which is like a weird dynamic. It's a weird temporary dynamic that is going to be very specific to this time period right now, this moment in history. So I just thought that was weird. Yeah, for sure. Well, I wonder, I imagine that there were more queer people who were alone during the pandemic than straight people. Not that there weren't a lot of straight people who were alone, but I, I just like as like percentages. Yeah, and we read about queer people that were in unsupportive households and trapped there. So yeah, yeah. So number one, make friends, and it <laughs> but with virtual in parentheses. Uh, one way to center queer joy is to surround yourself with LGBTQ plus people. Meeting other people and learning about their lives and experiences always gives me a jolt of pride and happiness. And we talked about it a little bit in the Queer Spaces episode. That's like one of the reasons that queer spaces are needed. You, you've talked a lot about just the, the sort of the anxiety being lower just because you are surrounded by, by queer people. Absolutely. Uh, number two, enjoy queer art. For me, one of the best ways that I can channel queer joy into my life is to prioritize consuming art by queer artists, music, books, and films. I like to make sure that the playlists on my phone are mostly queer artists so that the music that I'm ambiently taking in when I work or go for a walk are queer affirming and centering LGBTQ plus lives and experiences. Yeah. Uh, number three, make a queer vision board. Print out pictures of things that you love about queer culture or events or places you want to visit someday. Hang queer art. All in of your... those is Gus Kentworthy. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> 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 crazy i could satisfy all those requirements in one picture oh my god did i send you that crazy ass commercial like nope. that wasn't a fever dream because i had covid <laughs> it definitely was a fever dream but it's like a a tangible fever dream it is an extant fever dream that you can look watch on youtube it is fucking nuts it was a marijuana commercial, but had Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Gus There's, Kenworthy. Um, Kesha turns into Patricia Arquette. Sarah Michelle Gellar's <laughs> in it for five seconds. They got her to be in there for five seconds. It's the, She never comes up again. It is the oddest <laughs> fucking thing. It is the weirdest thing. And they're color-coded Skittles outfits. And like the, it just, it's a uh, cornbread is in it. It's, uh, uh, oh my God. Yeah. With a K. Cornbread with a K. The drag yep. queen cornbread. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, 
but this this idea of of having visual representations of the community where you can see it can help to inspire and help you feel more connected to your LGBTQ plus culture. Even if you're stuck at home, I have, I have a rainbow painted on the wall of my home office. So if you need an extra boost of pride, I'm a fan of adding rainbows. Hmm. And num- number four, the last one, know your queer history. One strategy for centering queer joy in your life is to find ways to remember you aren't alone. And for me, that often looks like learning more about the history of LGBTQ community and people. There are amazing resources online for learning more about the history of the community. And of course, there are books. Uh, one of my favorite new books for learning about learning more about the community is Hugh Ryan's book, When Brooklyn Was Queer, which gives a great look into the LGBTQ plus underground history in New York. And which I, we've uh, referenced that through yep. other segments and stuff on the show. Yep. Uh, anyway, God, I, need I, to, I need to get that book. We've we've talked about things from that book enough that I, now I need like need to read it. Well, when that last time we talked, we did that, we ended up with two copies of the That's same true. book, Kyle. So <laughs> something that I struggle with when learning history, which you know we've done a lot, especially this month, is talking about history. Is and this is I know very much a personal thing, but I wonder if anyone else can relate. Feeling guilty, whether that um. is. Other people had to struggle so much through such challenging times. Am I really taking advantage of all the work they did? Or am am I taking advantage of it? Am I not benefiting and valuing? No, no, not like recognizing all the effort that they, the things they worked for or wow, I should be even more out and more activist. Like there are a lot of feelings of guilt that I have when I learn about queer history and I think what helps me would love other people's ways to, if they've dealt with that to navigate it. But I think something that's helped me is what, what did they want for the next generation? What, what were they fighting for? Why did they fight? And while it may be difficult to see that people have it easier and maybe not understand or recognize that, I think they worked hard and fought so that people could be more accepted so that I could be more accepted and not have to be in the streets every day or kicked out of my home or beat up. Or the fact that I am not more activist is a lucky thing that they fought for that. I don't, you don't have to make that my entire day in life. Yep. For sure. And I think there's also so many of those activists during the really, really critical times um, went through the AIDS crisis and are no longer with us. Like we've got, it's it, just a, a whole decimated generation who is uh, so so critical to the freedoms that we enjoy today, and uh, they're not they're not they're not here to ask about it. Yeah, made it sad. Queer joy. Hey, queer joy. Hey. <laughs> no, I yeah I um no I'll I'll talk more about kind of the balance of joy and also the realities of, of things later. Um, I, I want to tell you about some numbers. Okay, great. And this is one of those where it's like, we're talking about queer joy and these things are going to be hard and difficult. And I think you're, again, I, I think there's a benefit in talking about what the, the challenges to feeling queer joy. I don't mm-hmm. think queer joy means ignoring everything. And I don't think it's forced positivity. I think it's, there's an understanding and reality that needs to be there. And I think that's okay. So I'm trying to kind of justify discussion of serious or hard things in this episode about joy. Well, I uh, I, I skipped over it, um, but the, the Matthews Place article, Finding and Centering Queer Joy, that I was talking about has a section on toxic positivity, which mm. is a, a phrase that I've heard a couple of times. But, yeah. but, but, but talking about how 
like you can you can be toxically positive right like you can you can ignore real problems and disconnect from real trauma by forcing it yeah. and i think that there are a lot of queer people that do that i think there are a lot of the, and most of them are twinks like, <laughs> the, but the, the, <laughs> I think that there's there there is there's a lot of toxic positivity in the queer community and it's hard to hard to separate that out from like <laughs> like true pure queer joy and yeah. like a like a fake it till you make it or a a, a frivolity that yeah. is um maladaptive. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um uh, just some of the numbers that I could find on happiness itself. In 2012, the HRC released data about LGBT youth ages 13 to 17 and uh, for straight teens, the percentage of straight teens that said they're happy, 67%. Wow. Okay. The number of LGBT teens that said they were happy is 37%. Oh, God. So two-thirds of straight teens said they were happy. A third of LGBT teens said they are happy. I hope that since 2012, we have made progress. Hard to tell in these difficult times but that's god that's a huge gap yeah i I bet we have though right like the whole like gen z is going to save the world blah 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 but uh, who who knows some more more data needed yeah but um i mean i also think like gen z is going to save the world they're awesome and great god that's so much fucking pressure hey none of the world is doing anything can you fix us yeah. I think about that. Well, I thought about that after we've posted episodes where we talk about like how cool Gen Z is. It's like, is that so much pressure? And is that ignoring some of the faults? Because every person and generation is going to have their faults. I don't know. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. That we'll have an entirely separate episode on Gen Z. Right. Be happy, damn it. Okay. Fuck you, yeah, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trevor Project research in 2020 says that 62% of U.S. adults would be comfortable if their child came out as LGB. I, of course, in, in spite of talking about joy and happiness, always take the, the negative view of this. Like the inverse of that is that 38%, almost more than a third of parents would not accept their LGB kid. Uh, that's yeah. fucking insane that, you know. Rethink your life, assholes. If you cannot, if you do not unconditionally love your child, including if they are LGBT, you should not have a child because it's mm-hmm. not, then it's about you, not them. Um, for trans and non-binary kids, 50% of uh, adults said they would be comfortable if their child came out as trans or non-binary. That's fucking disgusting um, that it, you have a 50-50 chance of whether your parents would support you. And then the last set of data that I think is unfortunate, very unfortunately timed, but, but probably importantly timed, is in 2020, I found that the Williams Institute released a report on the happiness impact over Obergefell. Ooh, okay. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, enjoy it while it lasts, kids. <laughs> Before Obergefell, 84% of LGBT people said they were happy. Oh, that's um, surprising. Okay, go ahead. For non-LGBT people, it was 89%. So five percentage points difference, so less of a gap. That's kind of cool. Great. That's yeah. before Obergefell. After Obergefell? Yeah, you know. Snobergefell. After it, so before is 84%, after 87% of LGBT people said they were happy. So three percentage points difference, and that moved the difference between LGBT and non-LGBT people into the non-significantly different range. 
Like right. now we were on the level number is still a little bit different, but not on a statistically significant level. We are within the range of <laughs> within the margin of error. Sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, before Obergefell, they asked about av- your uh, life satisfaction. 58% of LGBT people uh, said they had an, a higher than average life satisfaction compared to 68% of non-LGBT people. So we have a 10 percentage point difference, 10 percentage point lower. After Obergefell, before is 58% of LGBT people, after 62% of LGBT people said they had a higher than average life satisfaction. So a four percentage point increase before and after Obergefell. Again, this puts, put, put the disparity into a non-significantly significant range. Interesting. So, and notably, there were no significant changes in happiness or life satisfaction among non-LGBT adults. This doesn't fucking affect you one bit. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, you know, it's a few percentage points. It is, so it does not completely change the world. But if you can do, when you think about this on a grander scale, if you can do one thing that makes a several percentage point difference in the lives, this is, we're trying to herd a big group of people into a field of happiness and to get everyone to do a thing or make a change or have an impact anything that has a few percentage point difference especially if it's one thing one action to take that's huge that's major and that's notable and something like passing some to be able to to make that change is important and and it fucking sucks that the timing of finding this study for me but that's where well I, I i have to ask there's the whole thing about like correlation is not causation did they correct for that like are, are they are they reasonably sure that the, the that that change is because of a bergfeld uh what do you got mike great okay <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know i I was listening to another podcast where <laughs> someone like brought up some fact or data and someone else was like well what about this thing and, and their response i wrote down because i'm just gonna i don't know i'm just googling <laughs> like <laughs> that's that was <laughs> great i don't know I i'm it. just on google like i don't know i don't know um they they asked people before and after they did not ask is it because of Obergefell? Actually, I think I do know the answer. It's, I just gave you shit, but I think I do know the answer. No, they just asked people before the time frame, like, are you happy? Whatever. So no, cor- correlation for sure. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Great. Um, that, that was just to set the stage that like, we know that happiness within the LGBT community is a challenge. We face challenges experiencing this. And I think that makes it all the more important to talk about and try to find we ha- we have unique challenges accessing this queer joy or, or I guess joy overall and queer joy. How do you find that? How do you take your queerness and turn it into feelings of positivity and happiness and, and relating to other people? And so that's why I think this is important. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? What what do you or what do you, you're pondering things? Yeah, I'm, I'm pondering. What I'm are pondering. you pondering? Do you want to ponder the, out loud the, or the the time the timing? I'm trying not mm. to be toxically positive. Mm. But, you know, mm. like mm. there's a lot of shit going on. So I thought about when we released our <laughs> episode about gay white privilege during the Black Lives Matter protests uh, with George Floyd and everything, and during Pride, it overlapped with Pride, and you said to me, "It's weird to say Happy Pride, especially in this kind of." craziness and environment and then you were like well wait i guess black people still had it very difficult even last pride (laughs) so we could still talk about pride i think about that a lot i think that's very 
we've been in a challenging political climate. And yes, this is a big thing that has definitively happened. Also, things have been politically challenging for a while now. So True story. We, we if we if we stopped releasing happy episodes when things were politically difficult, we may never fucking release a happy episode again. You know, so we I I think I definitely understand the what is the the right time to do this and maybe it's even more important right now because th- uh, not just these numbers but the current state things are hard. It is difficult and you can't just live in that difficulty and pain. You got to find things to enjoy and appreciate. Otherwise you will go fucking insane. Yeah. 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 I agree. You're right. You're super right. No, I, I, I get that. I get the struggle and the conflict though. Like you don't want to be like, Hey everybody, let's ignore this whole fucking thing. Let's just let it die. Everything's great. So uh, I don't think we're capable of being toxically positive because I barely think we're capable of being positive. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not worried. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, then I, I, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about some art projects slash collections I found that had uh, um, queer joy specifically in the name. Okay. And uh, the, the first one, there is a organization called Second Story based out of Chicago. And the, it's, it's, a, it's a storytelling and storytellers collective, but they do events in and around Chicago, quote, that elevate the storytellers' words to deliver a unique live literary slash theatrical experience unlike any other in the city, we craft story sharing experiences in the form of both performances and workshops and classes. <laughs> anyway, they just uh, coincidentally talk about timing. <laughs> Yesterday had their show, Everything Everywhere, The Queer Joy Show. Huh. June have 24th. The, have you seen that movie? Everything Every- Everywhere All at Once yeah. in Your Face, uh, Up Your Butt? <laughs> no. I- Everyone Everywhere <laughs> Up My Butt. <laughs> I've not seen that movie. I need to watch it. I, I've heard such good things about it. Everybody raves about it. And 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 Michelle Yeoh is in Star Trek. So I have to see her and support her. Right. Yeah. But uh, uh, the show is, um, as far as I can tell, they had they had three storytellers who are all queer doing just expressions of like their queer joy and, and their their background. And and uh, I, I really wish that we could have gone. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear if anybody went to it, please like l- let us know because um, it, l- it looked really great. It's also something that they've done annually. There was a, a queer joy show put on by second story last year. So it looks like it's a pride thing that they do. Hmm. And uh, anyway, about the show quote, queer people and queerness can be found everywhere and in everything. And yet giving life to our queer selves and finding or building a queer community can still be incredibly difficult. Sometimes it's because we're waiting for an invitation to be fully ourselves, or sometimes we may feel a need to convince people that we belong. Hmm. Join Second Story for our annual Queer Joy Show with three all-new stories about building our own inclusive communities, giving ourselves permission to be ourselves, and celebrating family in all its forms. Anyway, yeah, so it it, it looked like it was a good time, um, and maybe we can hit it next year. Uh, I love this. Yeah, let's fuck that show. <laughs> Sorry, the way you said that sounded like a frat, dude. Let's hit that. Um, <laughs> something I really loved is feeling like we need an invitation. And what jumps to mm-hmm. mind is just people that are newly out, especially that are like, I don't know if I totally belong. Or I think we we feel like we're not part of the community, even though 
that you can look at the definition, like not feeling it is different than the definition of whether you belong and feeling like you need an invitation. And so it's so nice to have another person be like, give them the external confirmation. Like, yes, you belong in this community. Yes. Come to pride with me. Yes. Come to this club with me. Like, yes, you are allowed. Also, you do not need that. If you are by, if you've come out to yourself, you don't have to come out to anyone else. You don't have to do anything else. You are part of the community. I will give you, if you are looking for an official invitation, I've given you that. If you identify as LGBTQIA, PSA, like if you identify as any one of those, you are included. You don't have to be hesitant or tentative about it. You're there. You're one of us. You're included. You're part of the community. Done. No question. No explanation. No, nothing else. Yep. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. That feels like, like pride in a way, right? Like pride festivals. It's supposed to be a big tent. Come on in. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I think you see other people that are like, it's like you go to a job where other people know what they're doing and you like are like, I don't know what my job is or how to do it or what any of these systems are. And you're like, Ugh. but you have a job there. You belong to that company. Like you were part of that company. You've been hired. You're at that company. And just yep. because you don't feel like you know what you're doing or other people seem like they have their shit together or understand it better does not make them any more part of the community than you. For sure. Well, uh, um, moving on to the next one um, that I found, there is a project uh, called Black Queer Joy. It's blackqueerjoy.com. Hey. And it it says, uh, their homepage just says, Black Queer Joy is revolutionary. Many of us walk through the world waiting for the other shoe to drop. We are fed stories of our pain. This is particularly true for black POC and queer people. We are gathering images from around the world that shine a light on our joy with the intention of shifting the anchor of our being from our sorrow to a blossoming of joy and ease. We need to explore our trauma to heal and standing for our joy is a revolution. We are a stand for unapologetic joy. They have an Instagram account. They have a Twitter account. And it's just uh, their their homepage is this, you know, revolving gallery of just really awesome pictures of of black queer people being joyful. It's yeah. it's really it's really cool. So uh, the actress uh, Dalila Ali Raj, Raja, who is the creator and co-host of Cherry Bomb. Have you heard of that? No, is the is the one of the organizers uh, of, of, of Black Queer Joy. And uh, she said, quote, there came a point where they were in a very heightened state of joy. And I had this sinking feeling in my body of like, oh, no, something horrible is going to happen. She says of watching the movie Rafiki with her son. Hmm. It set me reeling. Why, when we see ourselves experiencing joy, do we immediately wait for the horrible thing to come? It broke my heart, but it also galvanized something in me that made me feel really feel like our joy is revolutionary. Being joyful and being seen as joyful and living happy lives by itself is a revolution, she says, adding that for hundreds of years, cultural oppression and systemic racism has perpetuated the idea that black joy cannot be long lasting. Hmm. And um, anyway, I, I think it's a really, really cool project. And I, I suggest that everybody go and, and uh, take in their images because a lot of them really, you know, they make you happy, too. Yeah. Right? Uh, very related. We had, we were having this conversation in our um, Spaces uh, app about apparently Tuck Woodstock talked about this feeling when watching Heartstopper. Um, they or they had this conversation about wait, you like while watching it, waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for what bad is going to happen. I'll talk more about that in in my segment, but this feeling of when you if you are watching this thing and just waiting for the bad thing to happen, it's almost there's almost a negative feeling of watching happiness because you're like wait 
Yeah. I'm I'm uncomfortable that it's just kind of working or, or yeah. and it's like, oh God, this is the anxiety that we carry around every day because we don't see examples of queer happiness. Queer joy is not normalized at all. We're waiting for them to get killed or to get HIV or to experience homophobia or to get kicked out. These are all the things I'm waiting for in a story about someone queer and for it to just work out is like I still am like, well, when's it gonna yeah. happen? God, if that's not a sign that we need more things showing queer joy, like what? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that—that's why—that's why Heartstopper is so so fantastic and heartwarming and, and amazing. So, yeah. uh, the last the last one. There's the Habitat for Humanity chapter in the Twin Cities in in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and they have a blog, and one of their collections is staff stories of queer joy at home. And I thought it was really interesting because they collected a whole bunch of people that work at Habitat for Humanity who are queer talking about the meaning of your home being a way to be joyful. So one of them is, and there's a whole bunch of really great stories that are in here, but um, uh, the one that I wanted to talk about is uh, Blake, who uh, uses he, him pronouns, who's in marketing and communications. It says, quote, my husband and I met at Habitat eight years ago, fell in love, got married and bought a house together. We're so grateful to work at a supportive place where we can be our queer selves. While I've been out and proud for well over a decade, I still struggle with internalized homophobia and sharing affection with my husband in public. I can't put my arm around him, hold hands, hug, or share a quick kiss without my brain calculating, am I safe here? Will this lead to a glare, a slur, or worse? So our home is truly a sanctuary. One of the very few places where that psychic weight just goes out the window and I can truly practice queer joy. Whether that's cuddling on the couch with my husband and dog while we watch a movie, or painting my nails, or dancing with abandon. This month I focused on queer joy in what I watch and read. Some of my favorites have been Heartstopper, RuPaul's Drag Race, Shit's Creek, Fire Island, The Birdcage, and Bloom and Camp, um, which is a book. But yeah, th that idea that queer joy has to have a space i know this isn't the queer spaces episode <laughs> but the, but the idea that that for a lot of people especially because of trauma they can't express queer joy in public there has to be a space for it in which they feel protected and our homes especially when we're in a relationship are that space yeah. and I, I i think that's that's super super interesting your own space in your own home is especially meaningful because for many of us growing up, our home was not, they're supposed to be the protective, safe environments for us. And oftentimes, even when you're at home, you have the risk of being found out or you're not out to your parents. So you, even at home, you have a protective shield built up around you because you're living with other people who may not be supportive, who, you know, 50% of trans or non-binary parents might not accept them. Like your home is yeah. not the safe haven that it is supposed to be. So then when you grow up, if you're lucky enough to have your own home and your own space, that is, I just, this just hit me as I'm saying it. That may be the very first time you have a home that is, especially if you are though, if, if you're living alone, that is just for you and you get to be fucking anything. Every hundred percent of people in there accept you just yeah. the way you are. Like every, it is might, it might be the first time you are fully supported in a space and get to do anything and everything and whatever you want. And yeah. God, that I, we're talking about joy, but that just hit me as like also very sad. <laughs> well, and I, I think about like 
my space here, I have lived here alone now for a while, and I still have the instinct of I'm going to get caught. I'm doing something wrong, like especially yeah. if there's like sex involved of 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 any kind, which is I don't. I'm the only fucking person who lives here. Who am I, who do I answer to? What yeah. like what is this? What is this like dread that like I'm going to get caught? I'm doing something bad. Yeah, it's like it takes a lot to fight that and then do it anyway and then not like get in your head about it yeah but uh, uh it's really great to practice here yeah. like my home is uh, the, the safest space for expressing queer joy that i have so yeah. um you know might as well might as well do what i can with yeah. what i have you yeah. know well i think that's highlighting the importance or, or why we need to be thoughtful and practice this is that because so many of us grow up learning to hate ourselves or ha or build build in this internalized homophobia we do not learn to experience the same joy that other people do we yeah. we are trained in our formative years to hate ourselves and so yeah. and you're absolutely right that absolutely translates into your day-to-day -day life even if when that's not around we've been trained to feel that feeling so uh, talking about it learning about it it, it, there's, I think there's a difference between toxic positivity and fake it till you make it. There is a, let me practice this. Even if I don't feel this deep in my soul, like, let me, let me try it though. So I think that like, you do have to learn to experience the joy and, and untrain yourself from the lessons you've learned growing up. And like you said, your home, your personal space is a great place to, to try that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one project I, I came across that I just want to mention is uh, at thequeerjoyproject.com. It's a project by Amy Tien, um, who talks about moments of happiness and, and queer joy, especially in these political this political climate, is important and a form of resistance. And um, she allows you to submit uh, your your own experiences, and so mm. she's taking stories about queer joy so it's a place to go if you want to try to practice it you want to submit an idea it's, it's a place you can go and, and do something and and build on this art project that they're working on oh uh, that's awesome what was the what was the site uh the queer joy project.com awesome very different than the queer joy bay art project.com yeah, which is an sure. effort to make her queer <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that's stupid okay uh should i tell you about stuff tell me about stuff okay i want to mention just a few recent again i've mentioned that i've seen this in the news particularly recently the phrase queer joy people celebrating talking about it so um i looked up stories from the past year or so and just pulled a few stories uh in the news about queer joy great i wanted to mention the very first earliest time i saw the phrase queer joy mentioned on anything that i looked up i did not do a deep dive through the annals of history and and articles and all the all the time and space but i came across a article on black girl dangerous uh, which was created by mia mckenzie uh, uh, called resistance is the secret of queer joy the hmm. article came out in 2012 oh wow okay so I had not seen that phrase mentioned before that. So, of course, a black queer woman was someone that talked about this before everyone else. As, yeah. And so yeah. I wanted to make sure that that got its its credit. Yeah. Yeah. So three articles first. Since we already talked about Heart Stopper, we talked about a lot of the things that I was going to mention. Um, the article is called, called Heart Stopper and the Importance of Depicting Queer Joy. Um, it is in the Collider by Isabel Cervantes. It came out in May 2022. Have you seen Heart Supper? Yep. 
I fucking binged it. I expected to just like kind of chip away at it. And then I literally watched like the whole thing in one sitting. Wow. Wow. My, my butt hurt a lot. Mm. In a, like in a, so then you took the out the butt co- plug and, yeah. the, and you kept watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Just talking about queer joy. Yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> queer joy is in my anus. God gave God gave us a queer joy button, and it's my prostate. <laughs> no, you you distinctly defined it as not sexual pleasure at the beginning. So, so you, I, I take it you liked it. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. It's fantastic. And everybody said, like, I went in, I went into it expecting to hate it because everybody was so pro, like, yeah. watching it. Like, everybody was like, oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. la, la, la. It's like, okay, it's going to be fine. Like, Tiger King was very disappointing. And um, then, then it was amazing. It was fantastic. A quote I want to read that is very relevant to what we're talking about is, uh, from the article, is this. It chooses not to shy away from the darker parts of the queer experience while still not letting that overshadow how much joy the characters gain from being together. In the show, the characters are allowed to revel in the excitement of romance, which is a luxury not often afforded to previous. Whew, I didn't even watch this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are allowed to revel in the excitement of romance, which is luxury not afforded, not often afforded to previous queer characters throughout media. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have not. I mean, just look what you're talking about. Like, I love that the, at least in what I've read about the show, it is not toxically positive. It is not saying there is nothing bad. It still mentions homophobia. It still mentions these things, but that is not the focus. And the idea of letting a queer character revel in the joy of potential romance is, um, I don't know. That's, that's something I didn't think about how, how little we get of yeah it's a lot is, is that a, are, are you upset is it no it <laughs> um i don't know why i'm getting so emotional about it um no it's it's like i love that it is out there and there and it's also breaks my heart that we don't that that when you but like back to what we're talking about, like that when you see two queer characters in love, you're waiting for them to die. You're waiting for them to break up. You're waiting for homophobia to win. You're waiting for something. I don't know. Yeah. And, and so to contrast that and all the shit that's going on like this, this year and right now to contrast that with two characters that just enjoy the potential for romance and love. And that the idea of like, you know, young, young queer love and just, and it not being one moment or one scene, but to, to enjoy that, like, yeah. Yeah. Is a there is a bittersweetness to the whole thing. Yeah. Huh. The, the next one that I found is about, uh, Muna's silk chiffon. Do you know about Muna? They've been, uh, uh, they, so on, on Have a Nice Gay, when we did, Hey, did you know this song is awesome? Um, uh, Chris Hagee brought a Muna song. I know a place and that's, mm. th- but that's like, that's all I know about them is just what, what he said on that episode. Yeah. Yeah. They're really making, especially the queer rounds, all the, I was going to say characters. These are h- real humans. Real <laughs> they, humans. They're, they're, um, uh, <laughs> no, known real humans, Muna. Um, they, they're all queer. Uh, and in the this article was about 
came out this month, June 2022. I see an article called What Pop Group Muna's Music Reveals About Queer Joy. It is about the song Silk Chiffon. And some of the lyrics I will read. Downtown Cherry Lipstick. Whoa. Okay. I haven't even gotten into the quote. But I think that's it. So it's about kind of sapphic or lesbian love in there. Um, and and the fact that they put in Cherry Lipstick to me, I don't know for mm. sure. But I think that's a reference to Katy Perry's song, I Kissed a Girl. Well, she talked about taste of her cherry, cherry chapstick which yeah. chapstick is more temporary than i think lipstick as being stronger more visible and and longer lasting i i think there's i think there's a metaphor there that they're doing or maybe lesbians fucking love cherry who am i to well, judge what is cherry a flavor or a color then if it's lipstick is there flavored lipstick what is my world doesn't make sense kyle i just thought it was the color of it okay great i have no idea if they have i mean if the, someone's probably made of flavored lipstick, but like, I don't know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that's not what the, that's not what this episode or the lyric is about. Uh, downtown cherry lipstick, watch her silk dress dancing in the wind. Watch it brush against her skin. Makes me want to try her on. Ooh, that's hot. Yeah. Right. It's, it's also very <laughs> sexy. The video references, uh, t- uh, I, I murdered cheerleader. No, how to be a cheerleader. No, uh, cheerleader, oh. you know, <laughs> that cheer lesbian cheerleader movie. <laughs> what's it called what? the lesbian cheerleader movie to be I have a, no idea what you're talking you, about do you shut the fuck up mike um uh bring it on <laughs> <laughs> that famous lesbian cheerleader movie bring it on <laughs> but i my favorite thing you've ever said (laughs) (laughs) i don't know kyle it's called but i'm a cheerleader (laughs) oh but i'm a cheerleader spelled by you've heard of that right (laughs) okay okay anyway uh muna said it was a song for kids to have their first gay kiss to uh they depict oftentimes female love queer women's love is shown as something that is for the pleasure of men or the enjoyment, a uh, temporary kind of flash in the pan or for a party or for appearance or what have you. And to talk about it in a way that it is more deeper is both the fun of a kiss, but for a deeper reason than, you know, that we're, we're showing off for dudes or dudes are like, you know, whatever it is not at all about the interest or taste of men. It is about these two women that, are kissing for their enjoyment yeah get it girls get it girls um last one is uh this again this month june 2022 is a washington post article about the unbridled joy of queer bars i think i have gotten better at understanding that not everyone drinks that drinking is a problem and to just assume i think i've done better at kind of tailoring conversations more to that also we don't have to go all the way like Bars are extremely important. So um, in this article, Ella Braidwood talks about uh, finding joy, especially among anti-LGBT legislation, uh, and particularly at a nightclub that has a a night. It's the London's Royal Vowel Hall Tavern that has a night called Butch, Please. (laughs) Aww. This is fucking hilarious. It is Butch, please. Butch, please. Uh, <laughs> it is for queer, queer woman, trans and non-binary people who, you know, we've mentioned this spaces episode is, is 
at increased risk compared to other even versus other queer uh, spaces. Um, apparently, this is also the bar that Freddie Mercury was rumored to have once smuggled Princess Diana into. Awesome. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to be in London at the end of July. Maybe I'll try to go. Oh, nice. Uh, apparently, there's one lesbian bar in london which anytime we talk about the number of lesbian bars in places especially big yeah. cities i'm it's wild i mean i i, yeah. I it needs to stop being surprising at some point to me but it's still fucking wild one in london there's one yeah um anyway she the quote from this article uh, she said when i was a kid i used to shake snow globes then watch the snow settle and see how those idyllic microcosms were undisturbed despite my efforts that's kind of how i feel inside queer spaces protected from the outside world no matter how much it tries to disrupt us hmm. yeah yeah i feel that for sure yeah so i've seen a lot of art recent articles but i thought i wanted to bring just a few of them uh to the you know to the episode to to the conversation yeah. well i have more uh more about music Ooh, okay yeah, I mean, I think you know, you know one one thing about queer joy is just the queer anthems, yeah. like music. Like you want to you want to get a, a bunch of, of of gay people happy, just like put on a put on a banger, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I looked around and and thought we could just sort of wrap up our queer joy uh, episode here by going over a top ten. Oh, okay, which should make your editing really. Um, really difficult right my, my queer joy is ripping songs from youtube late at night yeah yeah okay so this is written by it's on uh timeout.com and it is by andy kurza with adam feldman ethan Lacroix, and sophie harris uh it's from just this past january I don't know who the fuck those people are or why we should care about their opinions on music, but they put together a <laughs> ranked list of the 50 best gay songs uh, for the LGBTQ community. And I'm just going to do the top 10. Okay, are you ready? Great. Yeah. Number 10, A Little Respect by Erasure. Um, so uh, it's a 1988, um, song and it's because of the section 28 legislation in mm. the British government at the time. And that's directly why they, uh, released that, released that song. Andy Bell, who's the singer used to introduce the song on stage by saying, quote, when I was a little girl, I asked my mummy, can I be gay when I grow up? She replied, yes. If you show a little respect. Number nine, over the rainbow by Judy Garland. Somewhere over the rainbow, uh, friends of Dorothy, blah blah blah. Nineteen thirty-nine. <laughs> uh, number eight, "You Make Me Feel Mighty Real" by Sylvester. Do you know this song? I, man, I'm getting. I'm every time I think I know it, then I'm getting the wrong one because I started thinking "You Make Me Feel," but that's yeah, not. That's yeah, that's that's Carol King and, and uh, Aretha Franklin. So no, I don't know this one. 
Apparently, flam- uh, singer-songwriter Sylvester is, quote, flamboyant and queer. Yeah. And uh, had a disco hit in 1978 called You Make Me Feel hmm. Mighty Real. Uh, number seven, I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. <laughs> we talked about it a lot at, mm-hmm. in the Diana Ross episode. Got uh, n- to have that one on the list. Uh, number six, Black Me Out by Against Me. That, why does that sound so hot? It is. It, she's a trans woman, and it's from her pivotal album, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Uh, they say, quote, this song isn't feel good. It's a glaring middle finger to those that keep you from presenting your authentic self to the world. Hmm. Number five is Queen by Perfume Genius. That's from Seattle singer-songwriter Mike Hadrius, and uh, it's off of his uh, 2014 album, Too Bright. Number four, Vogue by Madonna. Strike a pose. Yep, yep. Uh, Number three, Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. Hey, there was a couple um, artists and, and things that came up constantly. Heartstopper was one. Um, Drag Race was another one looking up things about Queer Joy. And Lil Nas X came up many times. He makes me queerly joyous every time <laughs> I inter- interact with any of his content. Be that on Twitter, his music videos, his interviews. I fucking love him. And that's not just because he's smoking as hot. It's because he's so unapologetic, full blast himself, gives zero fucks, and yeah. is so good at what he does. Yeah, and, uh, things I talk like things I saw talking about him talked about. Yeah, that that idea of he is he marks this revolution, and I'm just going to be fucking out there queer. I, in fact, I'm going to take the things that you say are negative, and I'm going to specifically show them. And and it's just uh, yeah, unapologetic, flamboyant queer uh, it's it's amazing it's very aspirational for me yep number two freedom by george michael yeah i wouldn't have thought of that one if i just came up with my own list but yeah so it, what's what's really interesting about that is like we didn't know he was gay then mm. so there was this whole like let's re let's rethink that song and yeah. reanalyze that song uh from the context of of him coming out in in, in 1998 i never thought uh, i'd relate george michael and the wakowskis like reanalyzing matrix from the trans lens <laughs> like yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay and number one <gasps> I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Oh, 
it was either that or born this way. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, yeah. 1978. Uh, and it's just pre AIDS, uh, gay liberation gathering steam, uh, anthem yeah. and just, just a, a banger. And you'll, you'll hear it at every gay pride you ever go to. You're going to hear that song. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. We're going to maybe talk about some more off of this list. Um, uh, in in the Patreon segment, and you're going to bring... Uh, so some of the numbers I did not share is there's a study that talks about religion and happiness, and uh, if if religious LGBT people, how it, how it contributes, how both religion and being LGBT contributes to their own happiness. It was showed some interesting data that I disagree with. I don't know how you disagree with data, but here I am, but I'll, I'm going to talk more about that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. The last thing I wanted to do if you're okay is ask you what is bringing you queer joy right now uh i like right this very very second you can interpret that any way you want um uh the the butt plug we talked about earlier no um (laughs) it's it's moved a little and that's given me a i am legit loving and i don't know if it comes through in the local gay bar review but Mm -hmm. i love checking out the scene in all of these different cities and just sort of imagining what's it like to be a queer person here what are the options for queer spaces in this area if i strike up conversations with people what can i learn about the environment i just i really i really really love feeling like i'm i don't know the Jane Goodall of gays going out into, into the <laughs> wilderness. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I, I really, really enjoy that. Maybe I didn't enjoy getting bit by the stripper, but you know, it was worth it. You take the good with the bad. Yeah, exactly. You take them both. And there you have the facts of life. Um, the, the fags of life. <laughs> how about you? I, I was thinking a lot about this and I am really avoiding any kind of queer media and i've felt guilt about that especially during pride um because it's just you know i i want to escape <laughs> with some of the media i watch so i've been like god maybe i am not seeking my queer joy so what i what i realized though is what i am working on this year is finding my queer joy is trying to find happiness within myself and that has mm-hmm. included the TMS that I've done for my brain. That has included therapy for myself. That has included trying to, you know, appreciate the things that I have and and the things that I do. And, you know, that's going to be and has been a journey for me. But it, you know, reminding myself that I am I am working on myself and my happiness. I, I've seen a lot of things talk about queer joy is resistance and there sometimes i believe that and sometimes i don't but the the idea that by finding your own joy within yourself that gives an example to other queer people that it is possible that proves society and shitty people wrong that that we do deserve this and we can find it and um it breaks the some of the trends and the habits so i think there i think that is true i think finding your own personal joy is resistance and yeah it's it's different than marching on the street it's different than going to a gay bar it's but it's but i think it is a form of protest against society and what we're told so um yeah i i think i've been i've been i've been trying to find my own queer joy within my my own kind of mental health and my own happiness 
I think that's awesome. I, I was I was gonna say I like I'm gonna say something nice, Kyle. So fucking deal with it. <laughs> I I have gotten a lot of queer joy out of seeing you and uh, the way that you're playing with gender. Hmm. Um, it's it's not something that that uh, that I've really um, it's not something that I'm interested in for myself. And but but seeing you go through this journey and like every every skirt you show up in every like like, you know, new shoes that you buy, the outfit that you wore to the CyberSocket Awards. Like I've, I've really I've really gotten a lot of just joy out of seeing you like try this stuff and and see what works and what doesn't and and not be afraid to just fucking own it and get in the Uber. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I think it's, it's been pretty great. Thank you. That, that yeah. has been very big for me and, and something I'm still exploring and um, it's both challenging, but also it's very nice to step back and realize like, yeah, I'm doing things that I never would have done a year ago. Um, and, and I want to keep doing it. And that's part of this exploration of what makes me happy. So thank you. Yeah. For reals. Um, did we do it? Are we joyful? Are yeah. We God, <laughs> we're all so fucking happy now. <laughs> that's what this is. That's what this uncomfortable feeling is. That's why, that's why I'm kind of itchy. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry, it won't last. Okay, great. <laughs> you want to take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. Uh we're gonna do our gay straightest. We're gonna do our gay straightest, but first. Our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on social media, either at gayishpodcast or slash gayishpodcast. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spaces, Discord, everywhere. Our hotline. You can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington. 98109 and remember to rate review and subscribe i i am very proud of what we've done this pride month and and the queer episodes and we've heard some great things from people out there so we appreciate that and uh so if if we brought you any kind of knowledge history joy uh i hope that you will show us some love for free by rating reviewing subscribing or recommending to a friend yeah um, it's time for the local gay bar review. Um, I'm going to do another one from Atlanta, Georgia, which is from last week. I had COVID this week. I don't know how much everybody knew about that. But uh, while I was in Atlanta, I also went to Blake's on the park. And in this case, the park mm-hmm. is Piedmont Park, which is the birthplace of Atlanta Pride. They had oh. Pride the very first year, like Stonewalls in 69. Atlanta Pride started in 1970 as a small wow. gathering in Piedmont Park. Anyway... This place is fantastic, and two things stuck out to me that I'm super excited about. Number one, it's two bars separated by some stairs. As you go up those stairs, the stairs light up under your feet like you're in a fucking movie. It's fantastic. You feel so fancy. I loved it. Um, And then the other thing is, it's uh, the whole main bar is just, there's a huge-ass mirror turns out that that's a two-way mirror or a one-way mirror or whatever that you can look out while you're peeing so there you are at the funeral with your dick in your hand staring at everybody right in front of you through this like one-way mirror that like, would make me so nervous <laughs> it, it like it legit is is like takes you a minute to be over it and then <laughs> and and then and then you pee and it's fine and then you have to but, pee. 
Jamiroquai. Yeah. Sorry, that's the reference I wanted to make when you talked about lighting ground lighting up. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, it does that. It does okay. that. Anyway, that's Blake's on the park. It was a lovely. It was a lovely time. Uh, it was. It was. A, did you get bit? I did not get bit at that one. Interesting. So, okay. Well, you'll have yeah. to give us like every gay bar review. You'll have to tell us also yes or no. Did you get bit there? <laughs> I I will. I okay. will. I will add that to my list. Um, <laughs> Great. I uh, Blake's on the park. I give it four and a half dildos. Oh wow! Good score. Yeah. Yeah, great. I'll go first for my gay straightest. Great, do it. So, I wrote this down before we even talked about it, so I appreciate you. Uh, my gayest is I got it. Pride is a time of a lot of joy and happy celebration. Also gives me a lot of insecurities that am I doing enough or why aren't I celebrating more or why, you know, uh, anyway, there, there's a lot that comes with it. And yesterday I was not doing anything except like researching this episode. And, but what I did do, and I'm glad I did is I wore my heels to the grocery store. So I've worn oh. heels out to like at night when no one else is out to take the dogs for a walk, or I wore them to the cyber socket awards an event where everyone was, you know, dressing up and, and dressing. So like, this is the first time I've worn heels just to a public place, just doing an yeah. errand kind of Your thing. Your yellow ones? My yellow ones. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I got a, a couple compliments, got two different people complimented me on them. Excellent. The straightest is I've been wearing my um, uh, gray skirt, the very first skirt I got. And the compliments I've gotten on that is my straightest because multiple people, when they compliment me on it, say, I like your pants. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, it, I, th I think the difference is the heels are like, you can't mistake that these are heels. But yeah. when people see me yeah. in a skirt, they, they question and just oh, those must be pants. I must be missing yeah. the middle part. Like maybe I'm just not seeing it or they're, maybe they're very fluffy. And it's it's a little bit annoying how no matter, <laughs> I think I present dude enough that people just are like, that's that those must be pants. So yep. Yep. Um, it doesn't matter how hard I skirt. I just, I just, I'm their pants, I guess. Yep. Well, and then you correct them, right? Actually, it's a skirt. No, I just no. say thanks. I'm not going to oh, be God. like, hey, random person complimenting me as we pass. Like, this is a skirt. I maybe I should. Maybe I should just say, like, it's a skirt so that people, I don't know. Yeah. Do what you want. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And I don't want to uh, talk to other humans for longer than I have to. What about you? So the gayest thing about me uh, this week is uh, the reason I'm going to all these random cities is for work. And in all of these random cities, I'm giving a talk about LGBTQ issues and and having a roundtable. The gayest thing about this uh, about me this week is my absolute like well, first shame and then pride at the anonymous feedback that I got back from my session at Atlanta, where the person said that I was hyper liberal and clearly had an agenda. Oh, <laughs> but so I was initially I was like insecure and that made me feel shame yeah and then i was like actually you only fucking said that when it was anonymous you dickbag mm -hmm. and it says way more about you than it does about me because i thought i was pretty okay about saying like most people think this yeah. and um it because it was about transport stuff too mm -hmm. like and i anyway whatever i but also isn't this the case where you know everyone's like oh i don't want to hear about your politics you're like if you talk about any kind of LGBT rights or acceptance, everyone's like, oh, that's so political. It's like our yeah. lives. You can't talk about our lives without it being political. And that's not yeah. your fault. That's like what you just want me to be neutral and indifferent towards LGBT lives and equality. Uh, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the straightest thing about me this week, I got COVID. 
I didn't shower for like five days in a row. I fucking disgusting. And I ate all the carbs and <laughs> I just, I, I just, yeah. You're just sweaty and yeasty. <laughs> yep. Just the worst. And I, I, yeah, I, that's the straightest thing about me this week. Um, I have a gay and straightest from our email. This is from Levi. Thanks Levi. Uh, the straightest is going to a speakeasy with an also gay friend and the gayest is uh flirting with oh oh leave i called it gayish flirting with the gay and super cute twink bartender who i've seen on grinder and on campus at virginia tech god yeah. pretending you haven't seen someone on grinder should be gay <laughs> in our gay 101 classes yeah absolutely like i just ran into someone on the elevator in my building trying to pretend like we didn't talk on sniffies and i haven't seen his dick like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello hi going up <laughs> yep okay like god anyway uh, uh well well that is it a a special thank you to all of the sources of queer joy in our lives kyle i want to mike i want to thank you you oh. bring me a lot of queer joy in our friendship and in the creative things we do together. Like so much of the queerness that I've learned about or talked about is is with you. And so I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel the same way. Other people that give me more joy because they give me money are Super Cat Bridgers. <laughs> thank, thank you to Stephen Borch, Joe Stossel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Forrest Neil, Patrick Martin Anonymous, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Christopher Farrell, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Tipsy McStumbles, Don Lindsay, Thomas B, Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Catchatorian, Jerome York, Ann C, and Ann Javi. Woo! Woo! That is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Catchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Happy Joy Bayheart Day. And be happy about it. Yes, damn it. Fuckers. <laughs> Wait, I'm supposed to be the mean one. <laughs> I mean, beautiful fuckers. You beautiful fuckers. Okay. We're talking about queer joy. Yeah, I have to pee though. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> brings you joy. No, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do it here or, or not? <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs>